everybody? It's your boy Rail back with another review, man. This is Game of Thrones season two, episode seven. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Ah, I can't wait to get into this one. This is a prime example of dialogue, character development, and everything in between. Like it, this was very difficult for me to choose favorite scenes. Oh, should I give it a great ten out of ten? I mean. Uh, I'll tell you, matter of fact, if I don't give you a score, just assume the episode is 10 out of 10 when it comes to Game of Thrones. Because it just doesn't lack often. But when it does, it fucking falls apart, <laughs> as we know. But yeah, what I find so crazy about this episode is I was in the Discord, right? And I'm seeing... Statements like, oh, does Rail hate the Greyjoys or does he just hate Theon? And then I'm saying, oh, it's so crazy how he uh, is just all on top of Theon, like hates him, but capes for Sansa? And I'm like, what? And it's so beautiful that these things were thrown out. These questions were asked before this review comes out, before I watched episode seven. Because this is a clear, clear cut case of what the fuck I'm talking about. My hate for Theon. Do I hate the Greyjoys? No. His father? Yes. Theon's father? Yes. Theon I hate? Yes. His sister? I really got no beef with. She's on an impossible island with some impossible dudes, and she runs them. She's a woman running these fucking uh, thieves. Dirty ass thieves, and she's in charge. So I admire her resolve. Like, I'm not mad at her. I'm not mad. Theon, though, oh my God. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. For this exact reason. So, why do I hate Theon, and why do I cape for Sansa? Well, here you go. I hate Theon because he's running down looking for um, Bran the other boy, the wildling girl, and Hordor, right? Am I mad that he's chasing him? No, that's what he's supposed to do. He let a valuable asset leave. So, yeah, he's supposed to go get him. My issue is when he doesn't find him, and salute the brand, by the way, that boy got a lot of goddamn smarts to be that young. He like, no, we cannot go be asking people for food. Every trail that leads to somebody is going to get that person killed. If we go to this little house over here, the dogs will track us there. They're going to get murdered, whether they know which way, which direction. We can't put nobody in danger. So suck it up, people. And I feel them on that because I don't know how long they've been traveling. But I've watched a lot of survival shows. Like, I don't know, I'm like obsessed with. There was like Bear Jock Grills, the, the island he did one. And it's like this other show about people in like 30 days in the wilderness alone, I think it's called. And they really don't be eating for like days, like weeks. And they just come in weighing 200 pounds, leave weighing like 150. So I'm watching like, okay, well, these little kids could be hungry for a fucking few days. Like, yeah, let's not risk no lives. So why do I watch survival shows? I don't know. I think a part of me wants to go to the woods and see if I can make it. I don't know. Is that just some man shit? Is it just because I've been in the city my whole life and I just, I just want to see how I would fare in the wilderness. But like, 
I don't want to fail because then they'll be like death. So like a controlled environment. Ah, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm sorry. But I, I, that'd be good content for y'all. Me in the woods, I look like a Blair Witch Project. <laughs> Snot running and shit with the camera face would be like, if I don't make it. No, I'm not. No, it'd be a cabin for sure. Guns, food, all that good shit. But yeah, so Brand is, a, is just a good kid. He's just, I don't know. He's all around solid. My issue is with Theon coming up short, not finding his people. He decides that he's going to the two orphan boys that Brand was so nice to home, give a home to, to help out that elderly couple. He decides, okay, I can't find the real thing. So what I'm going to do is, so I don't look like a fool, I'm going to chop the arms off of two orphan children. I'm going to then burn their bodies. And then I'm going to hang them. For all of Winterfell to see. Everybody that's around the castle grounds, I want them to check out this display. And I don't know where y'all line is, but dismembering, burning, and hanging of innocent children is crossing my line. (laughs) At the very least. That makes you a piece of shit. He's looking back and he's displaying it like there's a fucking, like it's Circus Soleil or some shit. He looked like the ring. He just turned around like, oh, check this out. Look at what I've brought you. Dead Bran and his brother. You don't know. And I'm just like, where do y'all, this is what I'm saying. Y'all felt sorry for Theon because he got his joint chopped off. But look, he deserves that and more. I, it, where is the list? Can I, it, I? I thought I did the list last episode. Traded on Rob, beheaded Sir Roderick, fashion icon. Then he, then, then he's terrorizing the people, and then he murders the young children. I, it, I don't. Uh, where am I? Where am I getting lost in the language? And why am I caping for Sansa? That was the other issue, right? How about this episode? The poor girl's having nightmares of her almost raping and murdering. She is suffering from PTSD right now. And then she wakes up to find out that her woman lease has come. She's now officially a woman and she's terrified. Why? Is No. She's not terrified for anything less than holy shit. Joffrey can now have sex with me and I will have to have his demon spawn of the children. Like, that, she took a knife out, tried to cut it out of there. She's trying to get rid of the evidence. That girl is fucked. Like, that's a shitty situation. Then the one dude that she's reaching out to, the hound that saved her, she just wants to say thank you, bro. Like, hey, man, you saved my life. I appreciate you. Thank you. And he, and she has only met with aggression like fuck off little dove like i like i'm doing my job and killing is fun and then she tells then he tells her that her father enjoyed killing like he's just he's just throwing smut on her dead dad's name and i it was just it was just an apology bro i mean it was just a thank you bro she was just saying thank you that well what what is this energy 
this poor child, like, her defender is not fucking with her. Like, good God. And then she comes on the womanlies, and, and then and then he's then she's betrayed by him. Shay threatens the lady because Shay holds it down. Like, hey, don't worry, we got this. And here comes the hound, ready to snitch on her. And now she's got to go sit there and listen to Cersei shit. Now, in Cersei's defense, I'm also going to throw a cape on. Cersei was very vulnerable this episode. And it, like I tell people, I was just talking about this last night. I was a little drunk in the Discord. Sorry, y'all. But <laughs> I think all things were true. But I was saying on the rewatch, oftentimes you the people you liked or you were a fan of once you go back you may go i don't really like that motherfucker like why did i like them initially they're a piece of shit which is 100 percent what i expect people to do when they rewatch house of the dragon it may not come on the second one maybe even the third one if you're a little too hard-headed by by your fourth rewatch when you know what's happening and you get to look at the little details and their actual uh incrosyncrasies or whatever that word is i just tried to bust out on y'all you're gonna realize you hate damon but i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait just don't you forget to tell me like yeah i don't fuck with damon don't forget that part you know you ain't gonna do that but yeah so and the people you hated you turn to like or respect in some sense and this is what this rewatch is doing for me i hated sansa my first go through and now look at this. I just feel sorry for that girl, man. She is being tortured mentally. But then you got a Cersei who decides to open up this episode. And I hated Cersei on my first watch. Now I'm empathetic. Now I'm like, oh, I got it. I understand Cersei. She's not just evil to be evil. She's not a, you know, a bitch just to be one. She has to be. This is, it's a hard world. And the fact that she sat there and kept it a buck with Sansa, like, hey, look, you ain't got to love them. Don't force yourself to just love your kid. She is telling this girl, she's giving her the script on how to survive King's Landing. Now, her dad's murdered. Her, her brother is captured by her brother. Don't know what the fuck Jamie's got going on. But yet and still... She decided to impart some very valuable information to Sansa because the girl deserves it. She understands that because your family's fucking us over right now, doing us bad, it's not your fault. When she tells her, oh, you used to be happy. That's how she broke the I used to be happy to give little, uh, the, the king princes and princesses. Now, not so much. Then she shares her story with, with King Baratheon, how her child labor was and just giving her the harsh realities and then when you hear her story it's like oh my god but uh robert baratheon was just bringing home pelts and shit and she was like oh thank you for this this boar's head here's a baby and that was our exchange and i'm just like all right that's got to be rough and she said but fuck him i didn't want him there anyway you know what i'm saying i had the Meister, I had my, the handmaidens, they were top notch. So I was good. And then I had my brother there. And then we see her drift off into Loveland and talking about Jamie. But Cersei's a person. She's not evil. Like this is, 
this is her. And I was just like, wow. Like, I'm rewatching this. Like, whoa, Cersei is okay. So she's putting Sansa on game. And then another thing with Cersei, she just went in on Tyrion last episode. But I guess what I think is looking at Sansa and her fear. And, you know, they running through. He's like, oh, 200 ships are coming, fire coming. They both decided this scene, which is one of my favorites. Like I said, there's so many favorites. But this this scene in particular with Tyrion, Tyr- Tyrion and Cersei, where they're still fake. Like, Tyrion's faking like he doesn't know about dragon fire. And she's giving him the plan bits and pieces like, he doesn't know what her plan is, and she believes he doesn't know. So they're just playing this fucking game. But at some point, it dropped. It just got real. I don't know what that switch was. I'd like to think that conversation with Sansa, Sansa helped motivate it. Where she just like, man. Because that was when Sansa, she was first thinking about Jamie, and that is Jamie shit is really weighing in on her. Right? So during Tyrion of banter, it really put Tyrion in an awkward place. And I thought his acting without words were fucking phenomenal. As she sits there and goes, just lets it out. Like, uh, like let's not let's not hide this. I slept with Jamie and jo- I can't control Joffrey. Motherfucker, you think, oh, that's what it was. That's what triggered the conversation. When they when she, when they both realized, like, I can't do anything about Joffrey. Okay, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with that boy. He's always been difficult. I don't know. And they had, Tyrion's like, that's what happens when you give a dog a crown. You can't control him. And she's just at her wit's end about her shit son. And then she's just sitting there letting it resonate like, wow. You know, maybe this is our curse. You know, and Tyrion knew exactly what she was talking about. And she just stopped him. Because he was going to say some kind of words. And she was like, I know what you're going to say. Targaryens married each other. They lay with each other all the time. But look at their house. They used to say, when a Targaryen child is born, you flip the fucking coin. They Half of them went mad. So a lot of gems were dropped about House of the Dragon in this episode, and I'm trying to pick those up. So this is one. This is one of those things. So we know that some of the Targaryens go mad, just not the Mad King. There was a lot of them. So I'm not seeing no mad shit on House of the Dragon. I could probably see it in little Aegon. that's probably coming uh but Aegon ain't a product of targaryen on targaryen he's just a piece of shit hmm. i don't know maybe some of uh Rhaenyra's kids but anyway so she's opening up and just letting it be known and Tyrion's like whoa this is getting real like she's not even faking like she wasn't fucking jamie and she's just crying and bearing her soul and he's his face like oh this is my sister she hates me i'm only good at attacking her and defending myself i don't know what to do to comfort her she says hey well he says well hey man you beat the odds you the other two kids are just a joy they're wonderful like you you got one fucked up one so and she's just breaking down she's scared for jamie and he too was nervous for his brother and Tyrion just keeps side-eyeing her and look. I was, thought that was brilliant. And then when she looks up and sees who, it's like it's like Cersei breaks down for a moment, breaks her wall, lets him in. And then she looks up and realizes this is Tyrion I'm sharing this with. Like, what the fuck is going on right now? 
And I just thought that scene was beautiful. Like, goddamn, that was great. But again, I feel for Cersei. Like, I mean, what? I, I don't know. I don't know. And then, um, what else we got? We got uh, Jon Snow out there in the snow. And his whole thing with Egret, she's really landed on thick with this whole section. She's like piecing together Jon Snow without him answering any questions. She's like really getting to know him. She's Every time he tells her, shut up or keep moving, and the questions he decides to answer is all giving her everything she needs to know about him. And I thought that was very interesting. Because on your first watch, you're looking and you're probably like, oh, she's just fucking with him. Like, Egret is just taking his time to just fuck with him, getting his brains so she can make her big escape, right? Throw him off guard. But no. If you really watch that scene, Egret is really piecing Jon Snow together. When they had that big clash about, oh, what it means to be free, you're not free. And then she hears his reasoning and counters him with the, so if you got blood of the first man, then why are you fighting us? And the fact that he didn't have an answer, let her know about his character. Like, you don't know shit. And she says, you don't know, you don't know, Snow. You don't know nothing. She has pictures. She's put them together like, you're just a child out here. You ain't never laid with a woman. You don't know how to fuck. And if you come with me, I could teach you all these things. The girls at the camp will love you. Why don't you try some freedom, dog? Try some free. And she sees his facial expression like, She's reading this man. But what I did appreciate is how Egret showed us that men have not changed over thousands of years. <laughs> thousands of years have come and gone. And men, us men, are using the same tactics to this day. When she said... Oh, I heard if you don't use your balls, then they'll fall off, right? You'll get blue balls if you don't use them. A lot of the boys from our village come and tell me, like, they beg me, say, please, if you don't, then my balls will fall off, they'll explode. And, you know, I'm thinking they're just saying that to get next to me, even though that wouldn't work. So she let him know two things in that, that she's just having some conversation, but she also let him know, I ain't been getting smashed like that. So if you want some of this, I'd be willing. I'd be willing. So she was letting her know she he ain't, she ain't no campo. But I'm I was just thought that was hilarious because I'm like, damn, they was trying to get that line off even back then. That line that is got that is old as time, bro. Motherfuckers been use motherfuckers use it now. I'm knowing kids use it now, and they're gonna keep using it for many more years to come down the line. Classic line. I've never used it. Never had to. I mean, come on, it's real. It's real. Like, <laughs> like let's not do that. And then we see Jon Snow get captured at the end. Well, he didn't get captured, but he got surrounded. So, he, but he kept wandering out there, like, for hours. And I don't even know what direction he was headed. And it looked like she was leading him. Like, he had her all this. He was just out there lost. Just lost. So poor Jon Snow. That's where his story ends. Um, where else we got? Oh, this was um Alright, let's head on over to Heron Hall. Right? With the great Tywin and Arya. 
this is one of my favorite scenes um where tywin you know is, is sharing his meal because he just likes talking to Arya. she's the only person i mean Arya can read well right now he has assassination attempts on his life so he thinks right so they just hanging random soldiers i thought that was kind of harsh but he's kind of staying indoors Time was like, okay, so y'all don't know who the fuck the assassin is? They got some rare uh, the murderous poison darts and shit? No, I'm not coming out there. He ain't say that, but that motherfucker ain't leaving outside them doors. No. He gonna stay up there high. Now, while his people are doing that and he's not going outside, his only conversation list is Arya. And she has seemed to be that for him. Like... She is smart. He enjoys her wit, right? And just picking her brain. And he likes teaching. Tywin is a man who enjoys, like, you could tell he was like, he liked raising his children. Like, that's what he did. He's big dad energy. So he's sitting there picking, you know, Arya's brain and they're having their back and forth banter. And Arya shares a lot of information of what she was into. Uh, she tells us stories of her niece and the dragon and the sword that they carried. And I'm over here listening, like, hard. I'm like, okay, so, is it, he was like Aegon's sisters. I'm like, is it this Aegon we're seeing? Because we know. I don't know why they be using the same fucking name, only to confuse real. But, I don't know if they're talking about this Aegon, because I'm like, he's only got one sister and he's married to her. There's no sisters. His family is just him, his bro, and his sister. So maybe she's not talking about that Aegon. And I'm like, Renice. So they named another sister Renice. And they're talking about the other ones got the uh the blade that's named Black Death or something like that. So I'm really listening. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? And Tywin, because Tywin gives us a story of how Heron Hall came together. He was like, oh, it was supposed to be his legend. Like, the tallest, 10,000 uh, 10, men, a million men could march on Heron Hall and not get in. But Dragonfire? Dragonfire from the sky? Nobody was prepared for that shit. Now it's just what it is now. So, I'm like, holy shit, are we going to get that? Is that going to be in the House of the Dragon era? Book people, this is when you could pop out. Do not ruin it. But just help me understand these few things. Aegon... Is there another one? Okay, they can't be talking about this one. Renice, is there another one? This sword and that sister. Whose children are these? Put me on to that. Don't give me, okay, scriptures from your fucking book Bible, all right? I'm just asking these few questions, people. Enlighten me. But as they trade dragon stories, he's like, you know, you're a weird little girl. You know, most girls is into princesses and they know this and you know about dragons and shit. And he was, she was just saying, well, most girls are dumb. And even he had to crack a laugh. Like he is enjoying the shit, Arya. And Arya, as much as she stared at his throat and wants to stab him, there's a respect for him. And then when she talks about her dad, you know, right in his face, it's like, man, I never, you know, met a well-read blacksmith like that. And she's like, well, how many blacksmiths you met? And then he quickly checked her. I love that. He's like, all right, careful, girl. I enjoy your company. But don't get to, you know what I'm saying, talking crazy. Don't get to doing this. 
But it's just that to see them two together is just film gold. Like, I loved every minute of that conversation. I loved how he looked at her like, shit, girl. Like, if you was somebody, you'd be somebody. Little do he know that she's the second most valuable thing in his arsenal. So that whole dynamic is great. It's great. And I think mutton, he didn't want to eat. I think that's like sheep or lamb. I think real is cultured. Somebody answer that. Am I right? Is mutton, sheep, or lamb? I feel like I know these things. So I, so I, that gave us good insight on House of the Dragon. I want to know, you know, is that going to be in our era? Is that going to be some one-off shit? I don't know. Uh, But we could go to, we could wrap this up at where? Karth? I think Karth was the next big thing that things happened. So she goes to 13, well, uh, our boy um, Jorah's back, and he's salty that all this shit went down. Like, damn, Darthrakis were murdered, dragons were stolen. What the fuck? I was gone for like a few days looking for a ship. You niggas couldn't hold it down for a few days. Like, I felt Jorah's frustration. Like, what the hell? And now he's beating himself up. And in that, we see that that once light touch or... You know, the, the he had her feeling a certain way, like romantically. Now, she shut that shit down. You took her dragons away. Ain't no flirting. Ain't no, you're a little too familiar. I said, damn. Damn, Danny. And she shut Zora down. Like, fam, I don't want these promises. You all wanted a 13. You let this shit happen. You let my dragon get taken. I don't want to hear this helpful bullshit. I'm like, word. Zara, you looking bad out here. And here comes the great meeting of the 13. And holy shit, what a scene. What a fucking scene. I mean, break it down. And Danny's face was my face. She just was like this the whole, when they was conversing, like she wasn't even in the fucking room. They was talking about this girl like she wasn't there. When creepy face said, hey, I'll help you. Just come to the house of the undying. I got you. And she's like, how the fuck you gonna help me find my dragons? He's like, well, I got them. And she's like, wait, what are you? You got my dragons? Spice King was talking spicy before he found out his information. Like, good, them dragons should be killed. They should burn in hell. They ain't gonna bring nothing but uh, disaster to the world. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Dragons do cause big issues. I was like, fat boy got a fat boy got a um, right idea. But when the House of the Dying do say, yeah, I got them. They right there. She like, well, what the fuck? Like, yeah. He was like, that was my plan. And as the king, you know, for the new king. And then they're like, ain't no damn king of Karth. And that's when Zara stood up like, ah, yeah, that'd be me. I am second of this plan. So we made a little deal. He get his powers leveled up by these dragons. I'm going to be the king. We kind of don't need y'all. I'm going to open up this city to Karth. How can we be this great and don't let people in to, like, enjoy this shit? So I'm going to open them doors. And nobody, if none of y'all are down. I was just so taken aback by why none of the other ten said anything. Only person that was, like, salty and spoke up was the Spice King. Like, oh, you're too ambitious and you think you can pull this shit off and... I'm like, and the other 10 are just looking like, oh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Meanwhile, Danny's just in the back like, this motherfucker. Sep Jor too. Like, holy shit, what's happening? We got to get the fuck up out of here. 
And then when we see that, I thought dude was full of shit. I thought he had a twin. My boy got real power. He ain't no charlatan. He ain't no motherfucking charlatan. He went, he went 12, I'm getting my, he made 11 clones of himself and slit throats at the same time. Synchronicity. Quack! Took them right out. And then when you thought George stabbed her, nope, he vanished and popped up on the other side. Like, yo, just come to the, come. Like, you tripping. I got you. They need their mom. Come. Come with us. We got you. And I was like, wow. But that is, I got to give it to those guys. That is a hell of a plan. Now, I know as a fan of Danny, fan of the House Targaryen, fan of her, with her dragons, it's nasty. Sure, it's pretty bad. Oh, and we can't end it here in Carth. I'm tweaking. It's a whole other thing I need to get into. Um, there, it was a solid plan. I could see Zara and Freaky Face, Blue Lips, going, all right, bro, I want to be the king. Fuck these other ones. You want the dragons. You power up, do that shit. I'm the king. You do whatever the fuck you want. And then Carth will be open, and we both win. Now, this is a good plan. And it's worked out to perfection. You couldn't, they couldn't make a deal with Danny because she has dreams of taking over, but I ain't got shit. And I know that if she was to go with the plan, that she would just have to marry him as king, right? They'd have, she'd, he'd give her everything she needs to go take over. She just got to split it with him. She wants to do a dolo. I honestly think it's a good plan. And they're not trying to hurt her or her dragons. They're just trying to force her hand in a um, a business deal. but Which would still benefit her. But there's that nasty little thing of murdering the people she came with. And you kind of fuck things up with that one. Probably unforgivable. She killed her favorite... Well, she killed one of her favorite girls and got the other one missing. So... But when they said she's missing, I'm automatically thinking, like, Shorty got something to do with it. She do, because that girl loved them dragons, and she going to be with them damn dragons. Probably was like, no, 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 no. I know how to take care of the dragons. Just take me with them. We good. Don't slip my throat. So, yeah, Danny is in some shit, and it's like, whoa. So, but it's excellent. Excellent. And Zara just, I'm not mad at Zara. I know y'all are. I'm not even mad at Blue Lips. It's a solid plan. Y'all got to give credit where credit's due. It's fucked up, but it's good. Now we can end it with Jamie. Like I said, I hated Jamie back in the day, but now I fuck with him. I do. I'm sorry, people. I know. Y'all only watch me and get upset. That's your fault. Okay? I'm probably going to shit on a lot of people you like. And I'm definitely going to look out for the ones that you hate. Because I got to... Come on now. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you thinking. Now. So Rob is gone with his little fine-ass soon-to-be mistress. Right? Soon-to-be wife. A little sexy. Uh, go get some supplies and go accept the surrender. Add some more things to the thing. But before he goes, he's presented with the same issue he was presented in episodes ago there is something brewing against him that he will not recognize and it's their anger with them having to keep all these prisoners 
fed and comfortable. He told them niggas, oh, ain't no space for him? Cool. Build him some space. Until then, put him in with Jamie. I said, damn. Rob, listen to your people, bro. Fuck these prisoners. You can't. You got to keep your people happy. Now, we know his nobility. And he shared it with old girl. He's like, look, it's not their fault. The prisoners, it's not their fault. They were drafted into this war. I want people to come out alive. If I don't got to kill them, I don't want to. But he is not realizing that to his people. He is dictating. He is yelling. He is trying to be kingly as he knows best. But sometimes I feel like if maybe he shared that with them, his reasons for not killing these prisoners, his reasons for suffering through this, maybe they fight for us. Maybe they want to. More soldiers now. More people to take back and work your lands. Something. Hey, you can take these groups as your slave. Dole out some shit. In a war, when it comes to war, when you're fighting for a king and you lead in a faction in that army, the king often gifts these people things because they know it's some spoils in war. Yeah, there's a lot of depth. They're not going to sacrifice their people for nothing. So as it stands, as far as we are concerned, they're just fighting for Rob and, and oafs. And oafs only go so far. And I feel like I'm fucking that word up. I'm saying oafs with a THS, but you know, it sounded like an oaf. But I, I, it's just the Chicago in me. I'm sorry. But oafs are going to take you only so far. We need tangible shit. I'd say if Rob just told me, like, yo, don't kill them, make them your slaves, free labor. You can sell them. I don't give a fuck, but you can't kill them, all right, for these reasons. And then worked it out, but he's, you know, so now people are pissed, right? People are upset, and they got to look at these fucking things. So now here comes Jamie. So dude goes in there, and I remember getting mad at this scene. I was like, yo, Jamie's a real piece of shit. He just shared this tender moment with this kid. He was so excited to be the squire to Jamie. Only for him to murder him so he could get his own freedom. And then get caught. Like such a dick move for no return. And after that initial thing, I now look and go, oh, wow. Jamie, you know, after sharing that moment with him, the squire dude said, doing that for you was the best moment of my life. And then Jamie shared with him a real story, something. Dude was a fanboy of his. He loved Jamie. That that thing made his life. And Jamie listening to him, giving him this attention, sharing a story for him, is probably topping that moment, if not matching it. So in Jamie's eyes, he gave that boy more than he was going to ever see in his life even with this conversation, this time spent. And since I did so much for you, I'm going to go ahead and take your life because you weren't going to achieve to do anything more than what I just did for you, my squire and my time. I know that sounds like, I know what it sounds like, but bruh. And I mean, it's my freedom or yours, my life or yours. So at least he gave the kid a good convo before he did it. He could have just did it out the gate. 
but he decided to share that story with him. There's similarities there. Give him, he gave him his last meal, so to say, like when he didn't have to. But I mean, it did free him. It worked. But in that freedom, he killed one of the general's sons. And now they pissed. Oh, yeah. And then he get caught. So now they want his head. And Catelyn Stark is jumping in, trying to play the role of Rob. And it's getting out of hand. Because they ain't trying to listen to her. They trying to threaten her. And it's getting spicy. They already mad that prisoners are alive and eating their food. They're already pissed at Rob about this. So now you mean to tell me I can't even get justice for my son? Like, no. No. But she fought him off. Catelyn did one good thing. Fought him off. Uh, and they now they, as as Brienne and her walk around, they see the motherfuckers getting drunk. They getting rowdy. They mad. And they want, they want Jamie's head. And it's looking like they might get it. So Catelyn is going in there to devise a dumbass plan. Because she can only do so many good things back to back. At this point, we don't know what the plan is. But it's going to be dumb. She goes in there with Brienne. And I love this scene. This was another scene I was fighting for the top. But I, I don't know. But jamie's saying oh well i'm glad you met me you came to see me because it seems like i'm not going to be alive for long and you know she's getting into the, he's getting to this whole spiel they're going back and forth about noble and kingslayer and ned oh it's so funny that i'm uh, not a noble dude you know killing somebody who would have massacred a bunch of people and i was having this conversation with my boy i said jamie gets upset at Kingslayer because he felt like he did the most noble thing and saved lives by killing him and it's being used against him like he's some piece of shit and he decided and he decided to tell her like the only and then it's so funny you call me this dude but the only person I slept with was Cersei so I was like oh they're just letting all the tea out they don't give a fuck no more they don't give a fuck Cersei don't care and he don't care he's like I only slept with her oh but you how about Ned oh noble Ed, uh the Eddard Stark Going out there, how did you feel when you brought back that bastard baby? Did you try to love it? Nah, you don't fake it. You hated that child. You hated all that. And I love how in the middle of this, he just keeps looking at Brienne like, is that a woman? Like, and he's talking, talking. How big is she? God, she's a giant. Like, what the fuck? Uh, that is premier acting. They're the I'm talking about they having an intense shit. You zooming in on Catelyn's face. He's talking to her soul, and then in a second, he'll break it and just all at the size of Brienne. <laughs> it'll just be like, God damn, look at this woman. Like, she's a beast. And I'm dying laughing. Like, it was a perfect, it was so perfect. God, that was good. And so Kat, she's really speaking to her soul, and he's making valid points again. Again. She hates Jon Snow to this day. Now, we know the story of Jon Snow, but as it stands on paper, he's a bastard of Ned's. And she knows she hated that baby all the way up into manhood. So, yep. But, yeah, I was talking to my boy about that Jamie shit. Like, you know, my boy felt like it wasn't a lot of character development for him early on. Like, it took you a while to like Jamie or to break and go and i said no 
He gave you everything of who he was in these first couple of seasons. He loves battle. You know, he's a knight. And he told that kid before he killed him, like, if I didn't know how to fight, I wouldn't know how to do shit. Like, he's just being honest. Like, he's not going to run shit. He's a warrior. So that's what he's tapped in with. That's all he cares about. And he's noble. He feels he's noble. He hates he gets the bad rap. His name means something to him. And the fact that people just run around shit on him, calling him Kingslayer without adding context, pisses him off. And he doesn't respect anybody that doesn't fight, that doesn't pick up a sword, because that's all he... It's like, look, you could, you could bump them gums, but if you ain't about that action, I don't want to hear from you. And that's Jamie. And he's got a soft spot. He was talking about um, how his brother got him drunk. Like, he reminisces. Jamie loves his brother loves his sister too much you know so it's a lot of complexities to jamie man and i'm not really mad at him this one but yeah so we all know catelyn's gonna do something stupid she has to she's a stark but yeah i can't wait to watch the next episode i'm loving this rewatch and i hope you are enjoying this review lou get off my ass it's your second one i should hear nothing else from you nothing else from you and Whoever made it to the end of this video, be on the lookout. I'm gonna do the first. I'm gonna do the review of the first two episodes of Titans on HBO Max. So with that, protect your health, yourself, your wealth, man. Your boy Rel is out of here. Peace. Yo, I know I don't need no introduction, but y'all know who it is, man. It's your boy Hollywood Rail, and I appreciate you for sliding through and watching these videos. But you know what I need from you? All right, if you ain't already, I need you to like this and subscribe this, man. We at a thousand trying to get to two. All right. Push it for your boy. Get them algorithms up. So when it comes to that subscribe button...